Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring Ramon Foster. That is I. <laughs> that is me. We, we always intro me, but we don't ever intro you, man. Come on, DK. You know yeah, you know what? Because I have it on the shirt. Like, <laughs> I, look at that. I, I walk around like this. Walking you know? billboards, you are, huh? Non, non-stop, my man. All right, non-stop. all right. I like it. You know, that's what happens when you have your own company. You know, yeah, what are you going to do? You know, not just that. You put your name on it, too. OK, bragging cap's done. We're over there. We're, <laughs> we're good now. Bragging cap is done. I'm here for the show now. Steelers versus Bill Sunday, 102 p.m. kickoff yeah. in Orchard Park, New York. And the Steelers will enter this game, at least at the moment. You seen that? Yeah. As a 14 point woof. Bow wow. Mm. What is that all about? Uh, DK, can we just be real here? Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, the Bills are just that good. Like, there is no fluff behind it. If the, the number one and number two, I think, MVP right now across the league has to be Jalen Hurts and probably uh, Josh Allen. And it depending on who wins and who loses. And right now, Philly's undefeated, but people uh, still got Josh Allen as that guy. Like, he's good. I've seen them just break apart teams, man. Other than uh, the Miami game, which went down to the wire. Like, he is that good. I've seen him. He's he, he's legit 1,200 yards. Uh, what is he? 10, 10 touchdowns, I think, three interceptions on the season. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that you you thought he was going to be. He's the one that knocks at your door and tells you, hey, come outside. We got some stuff to talk about. Like, that's him. And, and, and not just that, man. He's doing it on the ground, too. He's able to extend plays. Like, you look at the rushes that he has in a game. He's got, what, two touchdowns on the season already? He's mm-hmm. able to check the ball down. And not just this. He's able to run the ball. And he'll take a hit like he's been doing this his entire career since take college. It. Take yeah. it. He'll deliver it. He'll give it. He's he's freaking <laughs> yeah. stiff arming guys, man. Like you got to be on when you're playing a guy like Josh Allen. And, and this is where the defense comes into play. We spoke about this the other day, right? Look, mm-hmm. we're excited about Kenny Pickett. But if he doesn't get support from everybody, again, we want him to do Superman things. But he ain't got to be Superman. I'll tell you this. Josh Allen right now. He's, He's Superman. Superman. Yeah, yeah, he is. Okay. And here's the thing, though. The last time I saw Josh Allen with my eyes, yeah. meaning right in the field in front of me, he lost to the Steelers. Yeah. And there. they did good things against him. Mm-hmm. In fact, Moan, the last two times they've faced him, yeah. they've been effective against him. Uh-huh. And you and I have talked a lot about since he's in the division, the Steelers' effectiveness against Lamar Jackson. They, mm-hmm. We feel like they've, we agree that they've developed something of a playbook against him. Uh, part of that is containing left and right. Of course, you're not right. going to have TJ Watt to help do that. And you don't have Bud Dupree anymore. However, Josh Allen hasn't. You know, it wasn't until he started really firing off to Stefan Diggs. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, huge. Just they just said, "Where's Where's Diggs? Boom! Where's Diggs? Boom!" And I I'd like to think that the Steelers could still, in some form, apply that. I understand personnel's different. I understand guys are banged up, no mm-hmm. TJ and everything else here. But can that still play? Will it still play? 
Okay, I'll never doubt my Steelers, especially the defensive side of the ball until we figure out what the O is going to be, right? I ain't, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never playing that game. I know uh, Coach T.A. and Terrell Austin has a plan. I know Coach Tomlin will sprinkle his seasonings on this, too. I know that guys in, the, in that room have that DNA of, mm-hmm. all right, we, we are the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. defense. But I've seen teams, like you said, last year beat Josh Allen. Uh, you know, I cover team in Nashville, the Titans, who embarrassed Josh Allen on, on, on what was I think Sunday or Monday night football. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what Josh Allen and his crew did this year? They beat that team 41 to 7. So I feel like he's almost on a revenge tour. So whatever you did <laughs> and, and, and how you beat them and how they went about it, they I feel like they got stronger in their run game. I feel like Dawson Knox getting paid this offseason for them. Like it's not just him. They put together a team. They put together a defense. They put together a group of guys that saying, look, we know what our deficiency was. It honestly feels like us in that circa 2014 to 2018-ish, where, okay, we saw what happened last year, so we're coming back stronger. And they're delivering on it right now. It's a tough task. It's a tough task for a group like the Steelers who are battered right now at the cornerback position. Where's the rush right now from the defensive front? Like, and being able to go into that maniac crowd of what the Buffalo Bills mafia is in Orchard Park, we got our hands full. But being able to to get after Josh and make him get outside of the pocket, if you do happen to get him and where he's feeling like he's Superman and you pop him well enough to where it's an advantage for this team, then I think you got to be able to do that this weekend. I think people view this defense as a, as a wounded dog almost. Like you see them limping down the street, but there's still a whole lot of bite in this DK. Well, on that note, where is the pass rush? And and you know, one of the points that sometimes I like to read between the lines of things that players say much yeah. more so than coaches because players mm-hmm. are just naturally going to be more forthright. But when I think of uh, Cam Cam Hayward and the stuff that he was talking about after yeah. this this past week, Cam said repeatedly about getting home getting home well okay think about that first half alex highsmith was this close oh my gosh okay uh malik reed not so much yeah, okay didn't yeah. hear his name at all it wasn't, it wasn't much through there. that game and i just wonder if this team even needs to get home against josh allen i don't think you need to sack him no. You just need to, you need to contain you need yeah. to hold him in there you know yeah you you got to get him out of the box a little bit and this is another thing too with Josh Allen um, he he does have a hot or cold switch when it comes down to, to the way he passes sometimes he will still throw it in the dirt he will go go over guy's head a little bit I think the way you you defeat Josh Allen and, and really get him off his mark is this you blitz him in a sense that. If you get there quick enough, the one guy I love watching do this is Cam Sutton, the same way Mike Hilson did it too, that, hey, rush the ball out before he gets his opportunity to uh, to, to, to see who's open. And, and, and the other thing that I know the Steelers have done in the past is double the stars. If you don't let Josh Allen get confidence as far as throwing to Stefan Diggs, if you have him on his heels as far as where is my numero uno guy, where is my playmaker? Yes, I know they have another guy, Gabriel Davis, who's played well enough. But if you take away number one, you have the ability to really kind of stipend what the defense is, stipend the defense in the sense of, Whoa, whoa, where are we? What's our rhythm? They get out of rhythm, you got a shot to get an upset in Orchard Park. 
Number of blitzes executed by the Pittsburgh Steelers against Zach Wilson in the second half Sunday. Zero. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Steelers running game and where it's at. I mentioned at the end of the last segment that the Steelers coaches didn't blitz in the second half at all against the Jets. That wasn't the only mistake that the Steelers coaches made in that game, to say the least. One of them on the other side of the football was watching your running game finally get going, and then Matt Canada just ripping the plug right out of the wall. Najee Harris with two carries in the fourth quarter. Two after he'd been averaging nearly five yards a carry in the first half. Mind blown. But on the positive sense, they at least got something going, didn't they, Moan? They did, man. Uh, and just real quick, I think Matt Canada sometimes, he, he he buys into the comic books of what football is. Like, I know the, the, the Akershore is a theater for you to perform, but sometimes I'm going to get the crowd what they want. We didn't we didn't need to see Kenny do all that he was doing, okay? Just win the damn game, right? That's just where we are, okay? Uh, but as, as as far as the run game, like seeing Buffalo this weekend, um, again, that offense is pretty good, like really good as far as being able to score points. I think they're top 10 as far as points being scored. Oh, actually, they're top five as far as points being scored. We talked about in the last segment, DK, about how you got to be able to stifle that offense. You got to put – you pretty much got to put a wet blanket on that offense as far as slowing it down. The best way of doing that is controlling the clock. To your Keep point them about off the, run the game. field, which, by the way, was something else that the Steelers did pretty well. Yeah. Whenever they beat Buffalo up there in the mm-hmm. opener, uh, it, it's it's just, you know, this isn't new stuff. This has no. been going on in football for more than a century. Exactly, man. And and just watching this team kind of come together, this OL, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. They're so quick to blame my guys up front, man. But having the ability to move that line of scrimmage, and I feel like they will be able to do that. They have defenders, man, that are good enough to actually get the job done uh, in the passing game. And they will try to get upfield. They will try to embarrass you. They will be one of those defenses that says, look, we're going to play bully ball and there's nothing you can do with it. In those situations, you gash them. You run draws. You make them be out of their running lanes. Ed Oliver is a really good uh, defensive player, man. Jordan Phillips is another really good defensive player for them as far as the interior guys. Those guys are penetrators, though. If you don't smart up and say to yourself, use their momentum against them. Let Najee get upfield and, and be the guy that you drafted him to be. And not just that. I, I think in spurts, the way they package him in, and of course, he's got to hold on to the daggone ball, man, as far as Jalen Warren's concerned. But the package Packages that they have for him. His ability, you remember how it used to be with us, where Le'Veon would be the slow tenor guy, and then D'Angelo will come in, hit the gap. That's what you're seeing right now. The the, the efforts in which you're seeing Jalen Warren run when he's efficiently holding onto the ball has been good for this offense. So more is what I say. Turn that clock out. Make this a two-hour and 45-minute game because (laughs) you're running the ball so quickly. Yeah, exactly. Keep the clock moving, too. Yeah. Uh, It shortens the game, and that obviously always favors the underdog when you're doing that because the other team's not on the field. I I just, I was so heartened by seeing some of the holes that the offensive line created, some of them just brute force. 
Yeah. Even when the holes weren't hit. Mm-hmm. On second viewing of this game, Moan, I don't mean to pile on Najee with this one because, again, Najee was very good. Right. In and of himself, he was very good in the first half whenever he was allowed to be. But there were times still where you saw things and you go, oh, man, it's it was Just, supposed to be over there. Yeah. And you went and you ran right toward – because Najee is a contact runner. He's a guy mm-hmm. who's he dragged – and sometimes contact runners seek out contact, contact because yeah. they are so yeah. into it. It's part of who they are Yeah, that you want to see him. So, okay, well, hang on a second. There was a hole the size of the Grand Canyon between Chooks and James Daniels on one oh play. You could just tell that's where it was supposed to go. And Najee went like this and did a little yep. bit of a left yep. into a bunch of traffic. And it was a four-yard gain and nobody complained. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my goodness, what was out there to the yeah. right. Look, positives here. The mm-hmm. O line has shoved it in all of our faces, including yeah. me and you, Moan. Including yeah. me and you, mm-hmm. they really have. I, I can agree. And 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 this is the other part, man. And I'm sure we'll get to this guy and this group in a moment, <laughs> DK or or tomorrow's episode. But there's a walking gold jacket on the other side of the ball. Um, yeah, you're going to Buffalo and. It's going to be a loud crowd. It's, it's going to be a lot of adversity if you get behind the sticks as far as third down. And he goes by the name of Von Miller. Okay? You, you don't want to be in a passing race against him or a passing competition with him on the other side. And I love Dan Moore, but <laughs> this is Von Miller we're speaking of right here, right, DK? Like, that's too much going on to just allow that to be the game plan for 40 plays in a game. Well, I think that the the biggest effect there is going to be on the Steelers' tight ends. Yeah. Uh, whereas, if you look at you look at this past game against the Jets, Pat Fryermuth was involved. But you yeah. didn't see Zach Gentry on the field as much. I, I think you're going to see more Gentry. You're going to see more two tight yep. end sets because you want to see that chipping that they were doing at, at least somewhat to yeah. Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, that's a that's a tall task for almost anybody. He moves around freely now because they guaranteed that man a whole lot of cash. Just come do that. Do that thing that you do well that we remember from the Super Bowl, you Mr. Super Bowl MVP. Uh, so yeah, we don't we don't we don't want those problems for about 40 plays a game. Exactly. When we come back, the only segment that matters. I say mom. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters, one that happens to be brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where it's all about quality. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, appetizer gets made with fresh ingredients and always tastes amazing. Order your favorites at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Moan. Yeah. Today's entry comes from Matt Powell, and he says... Hey, Moan, can we talk about the fact that Kenny was at the line making adjustments and moving people around pre-snap? I've never seen Mitch Trubisky do that once. Oh, see, now we're at a point where we're dissecting Mm. everything, DK. But it's true. It is true, And you know what else? Kenny acknowledged afterward that he was allowed to audible. You know who was not allowed to audible? I heard about it. Oh, my goodness. So you chose the starting quarterback that you 
didn't trust Audible or if they you listen changes on- at the line. And you brought in the other kid yeah. at halftime yeah. for his NFL debut after yeah. he wasn't taking any first team reps, but trusted him on the spot to do all of this. Yeah. Wow. If if you're listening on podcast audio, I was smiling with my head down and just acknowledgement of, yeah, <laughs> you're seeing Matt Canada. You're seeing offensive geniuses for the Pittsburgh Steelers just because Kenny's always been the guy. The the freedom, just the, the statement of what you just said. Right, DK? Like <laughs> that, that says a lot about what the plan was. And I, I'll say this for a guy that's very prideful in his work, as it seemed like Mitch Trubisky is. You know the role. You know what you were brought in here for. I don't want to call him a bridge guy, but he's a bridge guy. You feel me, DK? Like that's if almost, it's a short pedestrian bridge, yeah. Exactly, man. And, and this is why also you didn't get Kenny at the beginning of the year also. Simply because he had to grow. You got to learn this offense. You got to dive into it. There is a sense of being comfortable that he needed to get to to be able to see that type of stuff. Like, I know everybody, you should have started him at the beginning of no. This is why you get that because you put him in situations like last week to where he can make those checks, even if they are just the simplest ones. Having that command to say, I got y'all. I know what front we need to be in. And again, you don't go get a first-round quarterback to sit him on the bench like that unless you got Aaron Rodgers in front of you in Green Bay, right? Like We knew what it was. Like The way Kenny commanded Pitt last year, the Pitt Panthers, like you knew he had that moxie in him to be able to bring that organization or that that uh, that school to where they were on the national stage for the most part. Um, but again, he's the guy. The guy gets to do whatever he wants to. Um, I, <laughs> Mitch also personality to his defense may be one of those, hey, call it and go type of quarterbacks. Why give him too much room for error when you see just if we look back at Mitch's tape, Mitch is going to do what he wants to anyway. He's a freestyler. So why throw that on top of his responsibility of getting the play out with uh, with, uh, the chance to audible out of it when you know he's going to find a way to create anyhow? It was good for the time, and that's simply what it was. And to Matt's point, Matt mentions being at the line and making adjustments and moving people around pre-snap, but I'm going to throw in after the snap, what did you see, Kenny, like this? Uh huh. Scanning the field, scanning the field. Mm-hmm. Something else that you didn't see from Mitch. You're right, Moan. There's going to be a lot of this after the fact. You know that you notice and see. Yeah, there, there just is because you, you see the contrast is still fresh. Okay? Yeah. But man, I feel obligated to point this out. Kenny's played a half of football. I know. In the NFL, he's going up against the team. I think in the AFC on their field. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one hand, yeah, it's going to be a great growth step for him, no matter how it goes. Yeah. On the other hand, let's let's be mindful of what this situation is here. Um, let's be mindful of the fact that in you know Ben Roethlisberger, as a very young NFL player, got to a Super Bowl and yeah. really struggled in that game. Immensely yeah. struggled in that game in a way that older Ben never would have. No, um, he uh, won. Yeah. Can't take yeah. that away from him. Cannot. No, he got the ring already. It's at his house. It's at his house, but he can't. He, you know, you, you got to understand. And all I'm saying is here, I think for, for all of us, that we all need to kind of take, okay, this is how Kenny compares to Mitch Trubisky right now. Great. 
Right. Leave it there. Yep. Leave it there. Let yep. him grow. Let him make mistakes. Let him, you know. All of those things. Yep. Yep. But, but, you but know he's what? the guy. But he's I, the guy. That's feel, the lesson here. Can we can we tease him just a little bit too? Just to go oh, ahead yeah. and say, oh, like, yeah. let's go ahead and talk about Kenny versus that that Buffalo defense. Let's do and, it. And, and, and Kenny's Kenny's not been. Can we say both of those things for tomorrow? Absolutely. Let's do that tomorrow then, Moan, for the Friday show. Thanks for watching, everybody.